Good afternoon with KSOM, KS95 News. I'm Tom Robinson. Christy Carter with the National Weather Service is forecasting strong to severe thunderstorms to develop in northwest Iowa this afternoon and drift southeasterly throughout the state through the evening and overnight hours. We're certainly looking at storms that are possible throughout the state. The best chances for severe storms would be up in northwest Iowa where we have an enhanced risk that's a level 3 out of 5 for severe weather, but much of the state, including you know, much of southwest Iowa, is also in a slight risk. Um, so we are looking at the possibility of some severe weather, even further south. Yeah, mostly strong wind, some hail could be possible, and then locally heavy rainfall would be our other concern. Along with the chance for severe weather, a heat advisory is in effect today for almost all of the state. High heat and humidity will combine to create potentially dangerous conditions with peak heat index values between 100 and 109 degrees this afternoon. Well, June was drier than average across most of Iowa, with only isolated pockets of central and eastern Iowa receiving above-average rainfall. Benna Blake reports. The preliminary statewide average for rainfall was 3.75 inches, or 1.5 inches below normal. That, combined with warmer-than-normal temps, dried things out considerably. In terms of temperature, June was unseasonably warm for most of the state with an average temperature of 71.7 degrees, and that's 1.8 degrees uh, above average. Southwest Iowa was above the statewide average temperature at 73.5 degrees, and that's almost two degrees above normal. The region also received uh, 3.05 inches of rainfall, and that's more than two inches below average. State climatologist Justin Glisson reports Atlantic recorded a high temperature of 100 degrees on June 13th, and the coolest overnight low was on June 2nd at 42 degrees. The average high was 85 degrees, 2 degrees above normal. The average low was 60 degrees, which is right about the climatological expectation for June for overnight lows. Atlantic received 3.86 inches of rainfall, and that's about 2 inches below average. The highest 24-hour rainfall occurred between 7 a.m. on the 14th into 7 a.m. on the 15th, and that was 1.95 inches and measurable rain fell on 10 days of the month. Rainfall chances in early July are fairly common. On the precipitation side, we are seeing a silver lining there in terms of the heat potential with an elevated signal for wetter conditions getting into July. So for southwest Iowa, uh, for July we expect about 4.2 inches of rainfall. Uh, So seeing this early signal is good news. However, the extended outlook for July shows a slightly elevated signal for dry conditions and warmer than normal temperatures are expected to persist. I'm Bennett Blake reporting. Thanks a lot, Bennett. A three-year-old child died from apparent gunshot wounds he suffered earlier on Sunday at his residence. At around 12.19 p.m. on Sunday, the Coralville Police Department responded to an apartment within the Boston Way apartment complex in Coralville for reported gunshot injuries sustained by a three-year-old child. The child identified as Demarius Sanders was transported via ambulance to the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics where he later died from his injuries. The circumstances leading up to and immediately following the incident in question are being investigated by the Coralville Police Department and the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation. Well, the DCI is investigating and the Monroe County Sheriff's Office is assisting in the death of a woman. On Sunday, the Monroe County Sheriff's Office received specific information regarding an alleged homicide in the days prior in La Villa. 
Authorities received information indicating the location of a body at a rural location in Monroe County. The Monroe County Sheriff's Office and the Iowa DNR responded to the area described and found a deceased female. Deputies and special agents tried unsuccessfully to contact the deceased woman's husband. Authorities secured the residence at 202 East Street in La Villa and the Iowa State Patrol Crisis Negotiation Team and Area Tactical Team negotiators attempted for several hours to de-escalate the situation involving a male subject inside the residence, but were unsuccessful. The male subject died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The investigation is ongoing and autopsies will be conducted by the Iowa Office of the State Medical Examiner. Red Oak Police arrested 47-year-old Ian Joseph Hass of Red Oak on Monday night during a traffic stop near 8th and Ratliff Road for a traffic offense. Police transported Hass to the Montgomery County Jail for driving with a revoked license through the state of Iowa. Authorities held him on a $1,000 bond. In a separate case, police arrested 21-year-old Bailey Ann Poe on Saturday for domestic abuse assault first offense. Police transported Poe to the Montgomery County Jail and held her on no bond. Well, the Guthrie County Board of Supervisors heard a presentation from John Macris with Unplugged Wireless and Chad Gappa with Motorola Solutions regarding Essex and the cost to add a dispatch radio console. Mandy Billings report. Essex provides public safety agencies, first responders, schools, and utility workers around the state with unprecedented connectivity. Currently, the Guthrie County Sheriff's Office is using all of the radios on Essex, but one piece the sheriff does not have is a dispatch radio console. Currently, you have a Z-Tron console, and it has four Essex channels on it. Just a basically voice talk back and forth. It doesn't support the man down features. So the new Motorola console would have unlimited channels on the console, support the man down, support the school safety features, um, integrates door door locks, door open, door relays, and that kind of stuff. The price of the consoles would be $440,000. If the county would include the optional microwave, that's another $380,000, at a total cost of around $820,000, which includes installation, training, and everything they would need. The supervisors noted that the timing is not the best to fund this project. I mean, if you want to sit here and say five-year plan, I, yeah, I'm sure within the next five years we could, but we just bonded right. for the jail. We just bonded for roads. And, and uh, yes, I definitely don't want to go through another one of the movies rating for that isn't going to look good for us. Chad Gappa told the supervisors that they do have internal financing and payments can be spread out over several years. Meanwhile, the supervisors will do some research before they make any final decisions. I'm Andy Bellings reporting. Essex provides public safety agencies, first responders, schools, and utility workers around the state with unprecedented connectivity. Currently, the Guthrie County Sheriff's Office is using all of the radios on Essex, but one piece the sheriff does not have is a dispatch radio console. Currently, you have a Z-Tron console, and it has four Essex channels on it. Just a basically voice talk back and forth. It doesn't support the man down features. So the new Motorola console would have unlimited channels on the console, support the man down, support the school safety features, um, integrates door door locks, 
door open, door relays, and that kind of stuff. The price of the consoles would be $440,000. If the county would include the optional microwave, that's another $380,000, at a total cost of around $820,000, which includes installation, training, and everything they would need. The supervisors noted that the timing is not the best to fund this project. I mean, if you want to sit here and say five-year plan, I, yeah, I'm sure within the next five years we could, but we just bonded right for the jail. We just bonded for roads. And, and uh, yes, I definitely don't want to go through another one of movies ratings right now. That isn't going to look good for it. Chad Gappa told the supervisors that they do have internal financing and payments can be spread out over several years. Meanwhile, the supervisors will do some research before they make any final decisions. I'm Andy Bellings reporting. Well, the Montgomery County Board of Supervisors passed an updated wind turbine ordinance on Tuesday morning. The ordinance implements a moratorium on wind energy for one year with a caveat to extend or suspend at any time by board approval. Board Chairman Mark Peterson says since the current ordinance is considered weak, it could be worse than having no law. Your feeling is you would like some time for the zoning to have a chance to review where we're at and get something new put together. But in the meantime, we need to tap the brakes or just basically say that we're not going to take any windmill or turbine applications until we get a new ordinance put in place. Peterson says the moratorium doesn't mean the county will disallow wind turbines forever. But we need to give the zoning commission time to get an up-to-date regulation put together. And rather than having a large-scale company saying, hey, these these look really favorable. Let's get something going right now. So in my opinion, we need to put it out there that for the time being, we're not accepting applications. The existing ordinance went into effect in 2007. The setback is for a large-scale windmill is essentially the tower height, currently around 300 feet. Cass County Auditor and Commissioner of Elections Sarah Harris announces that pursuant to a federal court order, the filing period for candidates for non-party political organization and non-affiliated persons for the upcoming general election on November 8th has changed. Anyone interested in running as an NPPO or non-affiliated candidate in the general election may pick up nomination papers and affidavits of candidacy in the auditor's office located at 5 West 7th Street in Atlantic from 8 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. Monday through Friday or at uh, sos.iowa.gov backslash elections backslash elections info at general backslash index.hotmail. The first day for non-party candidates and township trustees to file for the general election is Monday, August 8th, with a filing deadline of 5 p.m. on Wednesday, August 31st. As a reminder, the last day to file for soil and water commissioners and ag extension is 5 p.m. on Wednesday, August 31st. If you have already filed papers to be on the general election ballot, you do not need to file again. County positions open are Board of Supervisors District 2 and District 3, County Treasurer, Recorder, Attorney, Auditor, Township Trustees, and Soil and Water Commissioners 2, Hospital Board of Trustees 4, and Ag Extension 5 candidates. For more information and for the number of signatures required for each office, please contact the Auditor at 712-243-4570. I'm Tom Robinson. Have a great afternoon.